Dad Talks Season 1, Episode 2. Hey guys, this is JT. I just wanted to come on really quick before the episode started. Uh, After listening to it again, I realized I share a lot of personal stuff, not only from my own life, but also from the path past of my parents, uh, my mom and dad. And I have zero intention, right, to expose all our family secrets and to throw them under the bus. The reason for sharing is that idea of the legacies that they were handed, that were handed to me, that I pass on, the impact that that has. Not to say I'm blaming my parents for handing me these legacies, which created me, but it's saying these are what I have to deal with. And so I'm under the you know impression, and this is what Dad Talks is all about, of saying I'm not hiding what happened. We have to get it out in the open and share it in order to move forward. And so that's what I'm saying. So please hear my heart in that, that I have zero desire to throw my mom or dad under the bus, but simply sharing where I came from so I can begin to move forward in a new and healthy way. Thanks. Yeah, what's up? Can we talk? Absolutely. What do you guys want to talk about? Hey, dads and anyone else who's joining us, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dad Talks. This is uh, season one, episode two. This is just looking at my legacy, JT's legacy, and the idea behind it is this, right? What's in it for the listener? That's the question I want to ask every episode is what is in, in it for you? Why should you listen? The idea behind this one is simple. I want to be. I want to share my story with you to see if you can relate, see if you can find some hope from my story. And as I began to think about sharing this, I was uh, a verse came to mind. And again, I've said and I'll continue to say, it, this isn't a quote unquote Christian podcast. But yes, I am a Christian, and I will bring that. You know, that's very important. Faith is very important to my life, and it's a part of my life. And so I will share it, and I will be open and honest about that. Um, so yes, you could say it's a quote unquote Christian podcast, but. Whatever we can, uh, but the idea of what I'm saying with that is I'm not necessarily going to push that upon you. But what I'm going to do and be very open about is the fact of God and what He's done in my life, what God the Father has done to bring me to where I am now, and the healing that He's done. and And my hope is that as I share that story with you, that you're encouraged by that, that you go, man, there is something to this, and 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 I want that. That's that's the idea. So I hope those of you who are listening who, like, I don't like Christianity or that aren't turned away, but would listen and begin to see, hear, you know, my story and go, okay, I think, you know, I could I could benefit from that. So I want to read a verse from 2 Corinthians. It's in the New Testament. That's the second half of the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses um, 3 and 4. So it says, praise Verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Verse 5, let's finish there. It says, For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. And so it's just that idea that as I said, what's in it for you and why you should listen. This is what I've gone through, right? When I look back at my life and try to figure out how do I get to where I'm at now, the only thing that makes sense is that God the Father's with me. 
because the theme of my life is a little lost boy trying to make his way in the world without his dad, but eventually finding his father, right? That's why I have a heart for dad. That's, that's why I've always had a heart for students, because I was that kid, right, of saying, man, I, I didn't know what to do. I was lost, I was confused, but God gave me a way. And that's what I hope you're encouraged by, that there is a way, there is hope, there is comfort. So as I said, I want to talk about my legacy, so let's jump into that. So go back to the legacy that I was handed, right? What, what was passed down to me? So start on my mom's side, um, just because then I'll spend most of the time on my dad. So my mom's side, I, I don't know a ton. I don't know a ton about a lot of my family and my history, which is sad, but mom's side, go to her dad, so my grandpa. Um, you know, he, he was raised, you know, I mean, back in the early 1900s, right? So life was rough on farms, you know, not city boy, boy, any of that stuff on farm, like, you know, dust bowl, look it up. Um, he went through all that and through the wars, um, just, just a lot of stuff. But anyways, he left home when he was like 16, I believe, because his dad just would beat the snot out of him and his siblings. And he was just tired of it went and go make his, you know, own life. And so he had that legacy handed down. Now he tried to do better with his own kids. But even with that, my mom will talk about how my, you know, our grandpa, her dad was one way as dad and then changed as grandpa because grandpa, the grandpa we knew, we loved, he's my hero. He never, I mean, he was very calm, collected, rarely got mad at us and never spanked us, wasn't physical at all with us, you know, went to the like, the other extreme as he was with my mom and her brother to where he was very physical and, you know, with him. And so that impacted my mom. Now, my mom, you know, took that and, and did better. Yes, she, you know, she did spank us, but was never physically abusive to us, but obviously had issues because of from the legacy, legacy she was handed. So that's a very brief uh, overview of the legacy that was handed to my mom. Um, again, because we just never really talked about it. And the same is with my dad. It's, it's even shorter simply because I've never really met uh, his dad or my grandpa. I've met him once or twice, but he's never been a part of our life. He left my dad uh, and his family at a very young age. And so my dad never had a relationship to where he finally found him. Years later, he'd moved to Tennessee. But at that point, he had a new family and really wanted nothing to do with my dad. That was a legacy, you know, my that was handed to my dad, just... His dad wasn't a great guy, at least to him. You know, I think he started another life and ended up good, which would be an interesting study. But then my dad essentially did the same thing, right? So my parents got divorced when I was three because my dad had um, an affair. And, and I wouldn't say it's because he had an affair. There's obviously a lot of things that go into divorce, but that was, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back and and ended it. And he left and, um, based, I mean, when that happened, he lived in the same town for like a year and then left and moved five, six hours away to start kind of a new life and figure his, his self out. That meant I had no relationship with dad. Grade school, he didn't come to anything we ever did. We never saw him other than the court mandated visits once a month. And even then he'd either forget us or, you know, was out partying with friends or like his mom would have to come get us or was late. It just wasn't a great time in his life. Um, by the time I got to middle school, he kind of started getting things figured out. He ended up getting married again. And we thought, hey, maybe this will be great. Go live with her for a while. It, for a few years, it was fine. Um, 
but yeah, it lasted three, four years maybe. And then like eighth grade year, I come back and she's gone. I'm like what happened? Well, they're divorced. So move on. So then you go a couple more years and he finds a new wife, gets married to her and now has been with her forever. But where's he now? He's in Tennessee and we haven't talked for six years, I believe. Well, I shouldn't say talked. I haven't seen him for over six years. Last time I saw him was when my oldest daughter was born and he randomly showed up with his new wife, saw her and then drove back home. And that was it. We've talked a little bit, but there's not much there. And, you know, honestly, I'm okay with it. Like I'm at peace of where I'm at. I've, you know, processed through my unforgiveness with them. Um, you know, and, and the thing I, I just actually read this the other day of, you know, the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation, right? Forgiveness is quote unquote one-sided and can be, you know, to where you can forgive someone without them forgiving you back or accepting the apology, right? It's, it's forgiveness is about the forgiver. It's about me letting go of this poison that's in my body of just getting it out and not allowing it to impact me anymore. Reconciliation then is a two-way street of saying, hey, forgiveness is the first step. Now, how do we repair the relationship? And that's that hasn't happened. There hasn't been reconciliation. There may be, there may not be. I don't know. Um, but I think he's doing better where he's at, where he's living, you know, now in Tennessee and kind of has a new life. And I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm, I really am. I'm glad that's, I think is going great for him. But right. The legacy that's handed to me is, you know, grandpa, dad, who affairs left their family and the impact that has of no relationship with your dad. Um, my dad struggled with, I guess, I don't know if he still does. I'm hoping he doesn't. Um, porn. And that's where I found porn. I, I remember at fifth grade, maybe stack of magazines next to the toilet. There's sports illustrated ESPN, whatever. And you go a little farther and there's playboy magazines going, okay, wow. I, I remember seeing it and just shocked. Like, what is this? And just, you know, disgusted by it. Cause it's disgusting. And then ended up just finding stuff all over the house. And that was the beginning of my addiction. And then, you know, as the times we live with them, there wasn't any discipline or really anything going on. So, I mean, that's when the internet starts coming around. I know those of you are listening like, wait, internet didn't always exist. No, it didn't always exist. It was slow dial up. So trying to look at something, you had to give hours just to get one picture to go. But anyways, right. And so that's where my addiction started. And so you, you don't have a dad who's checking in on you, who's not teaching you about healthy sexuality or how to honor women because you don't see it. Right. And so I'm, yeah, I'm looking at inappropriate stuff. I'm having inappropriate relationships in middle school. Yes. Looking at stuff. I, I didn't have sex. There's, you know, I had this whole weird thing, you know, I was a Christian, I guess you could say at the time, I would say I was, I was not living it out and was totally confused and what the whole meant of, you know, the whole Christian lifestyle, but we'll get in that later. But yeah, I was physical with girls. And then in high school, you know, I began to have sex with girls. Um, I began to drink a lot. And I think a lot of it is because like I said, I was just lost. I didn't know what to do. I was just trying to fill my life with anything just to make me happy. But also there was a point where I was like, I just want someone to catch me. Honestly, right? I was like, I just want to get in trouble. So you go, hey, stop doing this and show me that you care about me. That that was a lot of the issue with it. And so that's, 
very quickly just some of my story and the legacy that was handed down to me that it just wasn't great. There wasn't any people like, this is what it looks like. This, this, you know, for my dad saying, here's what it means to be a dad. Here's how to be a great dad, right? Because he he's, hasn't been around when I've had kids to go, here's how to be a good dad. And to see it modeled, I, I don't get told that. I didn't see it modeled. You know, I had a stepdad and he did as good as he could do given his life circumstance and what he was handed from childhood to where his dad was an alcoholic and I think was abusive. You know, again, we don't talk about stuff in our family, you know, and his dad did get saved later in life and began to change, but that had a huge impact on him. Even, you know, the relationship with his mom, you know, the stuff she, just how she treated him. And then, you know, he came out of a divorce marriage and was trying to process through that and had his own demons you know, so he was just trying to do the best he could, and he was at least stable. He was at least around. You know, there was at least that of like, well, I know Gary is around, and I can, there's at least a male presence in the house, right? Um, and he did, and absolutely, Gary taught me a lot of stuff of, I don't, I wouldn't say necessarily how to be a man, but how to shoot guns, how to build things, um, you know, some of those skills I'm very grateful for, but there wasn't any ever dad talks like this of like, what does it mean to treat a woman? What's sex? I mean, some of the talks were extent of like, just keeping your pants. That was about it. Right. And so having to just process through all of that and go, what in the world does it mean to be a man? And now what does it mean to be a dad? And how do I help my son become a man? Or how do I help my daughters grow up to be amazing women who find men who are amazing and not just ugh, trash, right? That, that freaks me out. And so just quickly just go over the impact on my life of not having a dad. And as I said, just to see if you relate to this, just to connect with some of these things. All right, so the impact of not having dad, obviously there's a ton. You know, the, the biggest one I had was I struggled with self-esteem. You know, and I, I still do a little bit of low self-esteem of not being good enough and, and feeling like a failure. Right, because the lie I listened to forever, and I've finally have gotten over it to where it's just not crushing me all the time. Was the lie was, how can anyone love me if my own dad doesn't? Right, I mean, I struggled to allow people in or to love people or even to feel like I'm actually loved because I'm like, how can you actually truly love me if my own dad doesn't accept me? Right? My own flesh and blood doesn't love me. Now, again, I'm not, he's never said to me he doesn't love me, okay? But this is how I feel, right? Of like, well, he doesn't do these things, so I feel like he doesn't love me, okay? Just make sure that's there, so it's not like, oh, your dad was horrible. No, he did tell me he loved me, right? But his actions, you know, said other things. And so I struggled with feeling like a failure, which led to, you know, then a variety of things, right? So you get, a, I was a people pleaser. And part of it is because, like I said, I wanted someone to like me because I'm like, well, he doesn't. But part of the people pleaser came out of the fact of being in a divorced family. And some of you can relate to this to where I was like, if I can keep everybody happy, then the world can at least be happy, even if my life is not happy. Right, if I can keep you at arms, bit you know length, to where you're happy, you're good, then you won't turn to me and go, wait a minute, you're 
you don't look okay. Like, is something going on in life? No, 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 nope, nope, don't, nope. Let me entertain you, make you happy so you don't look at my life because I don't want to talk about my feelings because if I do, then I have to admit something's wrong and then have to deal with it, right? And if you saw the real me, I, you would judge me. Why? Because I'm a failure. So as long as I could keep you happy, right? And that, I mean, that was a struggle. I, I was a chameleon and I could change for people so that I could fit in and be a part of that group. And I mean, it was a struggle, especially as you get into work of going, man, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want this guy to get upset. You know, my boss to get upset at me because if he gets upset at me, then that means I did something wrong, which means I'm a failure. And it just reaffirms what I've already believed. So people pleasing was a huge issue. I mean, Still have struggles with it now, but I'm getting better. Uh, the other thing, you know, with trying to keep people happy was anger. I mean, I was an angry kid, and I still struggle with anger. I'm getting better now that I'm now that I'm you know 33, 34, however old I am. Um, but but anger was from life being out of control, right? And me trying to control it again. One of the the defense mechanisms of living in a divorce, broken family because I was just trying to hold it all together and when something went wrong it just meant right it goes back to all those things of like I'm a failure life's failure life's bad and it's all just terrible but if I can hold it together make it look good then I can convince myself that it's all good even though the house is on fire right I mean it's just it's just dumb of thinking of like well I'm gonna hold you know this yeah, thinking about being in a house that's on fire, of like holding some walls up of like, oh, I've got it. But the whole house is burning down around me. But hey, I'm holding on to these two walls that aren't falling over. So life is good. Like, really, dude? Jeez, it, it doesn't make sense. And and it's a thing, you know, I was thinking about this. I think about our kids, right? You can see it in kids, especially with a toddler, right? Who can't quite um, say what they're, you know, wanting to say um, and, and and just process through it to where they they just get frustrated with you. are just like, no, why won't you listen? Why don't you understand what I'm trying to explain to you? You know, and you're like, I don't know because I don't understand your broken English, right? Or if you've ever had to communicate to someone in a different language, you both just get frustrated of like, well, I know what I'm trying to say. Why aren't you understanding what I'm saying? And there's just that, you know, broken communication. That That's I felt with the anger of just like, this is how I know it should be. Why isn't it like this? If I can control it, it can all be good. And that, of course, led then to perfectionism, right? Because it's like, man, if I can be perfect, then people will love me. And part of that perfectionism came out of the desire to, you know, get my dad to accept me or please me. My brother and I, I mean, we were great at sports, one, because yes, we're talented, but two... I would say for both of us, and I know for myself for sure, wanted to be the best so that dad would approve and quit yelling at us, right? I mean, simple example is, you know, I love basketball and I wanted to be good like him. And I remember him like him saying, if you're going to be good, you have to learn to use your non-dominant hand. If not, you're never going to be good. You know, then you need to make 80% of your free throws. If not, you're not great, right? And so just trying to be the best in sports um, and school and academics, you know, all those things, and even putting on, again, the perfect facade to where people are like, oh, JT's a great kid, but you would see me 
outside of school with my friends, I was not a perfect kid. The things I did in high school were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Like I said, inappropriate relationships with girls, looking at inappropriate stuff, drinking heavily on the weekend. But if you saw me in public, be like, oh, he's a great kid. Because again, if I could convince you that I was perfect, you would accept me. Because if I screwed up, it meant I was an unlovable failure and I would just be crushed. Right. And so that's part of the, the issue there. Like I said, with jobs or anytime someone said, hey, we need to talk or there's an issue, I immediately go, it's me. I screwed up. I'm a failure. Oh, it's all over. Right. That's the problem with just the low self esteem and not being able to, yeah, take care of yourself. You know, and the other thing I had because of the impact of my dad or, you know, lack of, in, you know, having a relationship with my dad was no feelings. And part of it was because of the porn uses usage, right? Because here's, as I begin to process through, part of me having no feelings is, one, my family, right? We just don't have feelings. You don't talk about feelings, right? Who has feelings? Who has time for feelings? Two was, again, growing up in a divorced, broken home. If you had feelings, you were going to get destroyed, right? So if you could learn to suck it up, put on a smile and move forward, you could make it through life without your heart being absolutely broken. Every time dad lets you down or mom lets you down or someone screws up your life in this crappy life that you have, right? Then you add porn on top of that to where it makes you feel great, right? You get that release of dopamine and there's just people that accept you just the way you are and it becomes this coping mechanism, right? To where when I don't feel good, I know I can go somewhere to make me happy. It's the same with drugs, right? Or alcohol of like, I know something that can numb my mind and my pain and this is what I'm going to. And so as soon as bad feelings or feelings I didn't like, even good feelings, I would turn to that stuff. And so it just began to callous my heart to where I, I missed feelings. People would be crying and I'd be like, why are we crying? I don't understand why we're crying. Because I killed my feelings. Because, again, not blaming all this on my dad, because, you know, my mom, again, it's, it's both sides struggle with feelings. But having a dad, right, that idea of being tender and tough, of saying, hey, buddy, there are times that we as, you know, I would say as men have to suck it up and say, hey, let's get it done, let's move forward. Even even as there's tears coming down our eyes, right? And there's other times saying, just let it go. And I've had to learn that, one, especially with the, the failure of my marriage of going, man, I did miss showing feelings to my spouse because I just didn't know they existed. I didn't know where they were there because I just had suppressed them for so long. And now it's even more relevant or, uh, you know, comes out with my daughters because I'm like, they're like, right? Girls are everywhere. There's so much emotion. They're up, they're down, they're everywhere. But then God has blessed me with a very tender-hearted son. And I have to be tender with my son of not just crushing, you know, crushing, like, suck it up, be a man. But going, all right, buddy, I see pain. And how do I help you process through that? Right? And so that that's part of the legacy now that I'm trying to process through of going, man, how do I help my kids have feelings? And help them through that, right? And so that's right. The legacy that I'm I'm handing my kids scares me. 
absolutely scares me. And that's part of why I'm doing these dad talks of going, man, I want to encourage you. I want to help each other so that we can leave great legacies for our kids. Because I don't want to leave, give to my kids what I just told you. I don't want to say, hey, kids, I want you to be perfect. You better be perfect. And I did struggle with that at the beginning, right? Messes are not good. Don't you do messes or you're crushed. The anger, got to get rid of that. Of beginning to give up this illusion of control. And, and, and the biggest thing, though, for me is just actually having feelings and processing through that. And so wanting to give a good legacy to my kids to where, yeah, they're healthier than I was. You know, and, and someone has said, actually several people have said to me, right, that your daughter's daughters will end up marrying someone very similar to you. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope not, right? At this point, I'm like, please don't. But that's motivation to say, man, I want to work on my legacy so my daughters marry someone who's, who's like me, who loves them, who can share their feelings, who loves, um, yeah, their mom, even if we're not together, who's, who's honorable, you know, who's not perfect, who knows he's not perfect, who's, who is, like we talked about the other episode of just is gracious, is steadfast, is slow to anger, is quick to listen, has those characters to where they can have and begin to take a new legacy on it and pass that down to their kids. So that's just briefly my life. And I'll get more of it as it, you know, we go through these episodes, but that's just part of what I was handed, you know, as a kid of just the impact of not having a relationship with a dad is huge. But here's what I want to leave you with. And this is the encouragement of, of dad talks is just because you may have come from a bad legacy doesn't mean you have to stay in it. You don't have to be the victim for the rest of your life. Right? I mean, that that is one. There's numerous things I should say my mom saw me. One of the greatest things my mom taught my brother and I is you don't have to be a victim. Refuse to be the victim. Right? I refuse to be the victim. I refuse to be um, characterized by my my past. I refuse for it to, to dictate my future because I've allowed it to do that for so long and my life was miserable. Just because we may have been handed crappy legacies from our parents and our dads doesn't mean we have to live there. Because if I sit here and go, oh, woe is me, I'm a victim, what is that giving to my kids? Well, they're do the same thing. If I don't have to take responsibility for my actions, I can point my finger back. And you know where that comes from? That comes from the very beginning of time when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they screwed up, and what did they do? Eve pointed to Adam, Adam pointed to Eve, Eve pointed to the snake, you know, all these things. They just pointed to each other and said, no, sorry, I did that wrong, right? Adam pointed to Eve, said, well, the woman you put with, she said, nope, the snake made me do it, right? Men, we have to take responsibility for our actions, for our legacies, what we're leaving for our kids. We can no longer, especially in the culture we are now, of saying, nope, someone else did no, no, no. We either take responsibility or we're going to be crushed. And the legacy we give our kids, they're just going to continue to fall in this victim mindset. The idea is saying, hey, look, this is what I want us to do. Saying, that is the past. I accept it. I'm going to learn from it and become my own man. 
Yes, that's what my dad gave me. But I see what he was given. And I can move forward just a little bit, right? What is one step you can do to make yourself better than you were yesterday? Focusing on you. Going back to what I said, the encouragement to you, but also saying, I'm only here because of what God has done for me. Redemption in my life is how I slowly overcome the legacy handed down to me. There's nothing else. There's not this counseling or all these things. It's literally God in my life saying, I am going to help you out as you process through this. That's it. Yes, I mean, I've done counseling. I've read books. I've been through things. But the one steady constant is God the Father. And the impact that it had on my life when God began to speak to me and say, you are my son with whom I am pleased. Right? God absolutely loves me. And the legacy he gives to us is incredible. And beginning to look at that in the next episode of the legacy of God with his son and our legacy that we're going to give to our kids. And what are you giving to your kids and beginning to understand, even if you've had the worst of worst parents, that doesn't mean you're stuck. And now you're going to have to be a terrible parent to your kids. And it may even say, hey, I had the best parents in the world, but every parent has issues. And you as a man, as a dad, still have to make a decision saying, I am going to do the best that I can and be the best that I can for my kids. And the only way I know how to do that is the fact that I have the ultimate example before me, God the Father saying, if I can live up to his standard, I'm going to be doing great. I'm going to fall short all the time. But even just getting close to that is way better than what I could do on my own. All right, so that is it for this episode. Make sure you Listen to the other ones, guys. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.